0: It is scheduled release day in the NBA. That means your boys are here from Mavs.com and the great voice of a generation is what he calls himself. It Um, is. Mark Fovo. I'm going to
1: start insisting that that is actually (laughs) on the graphic for... Please, uh, television broadcast. For, yeah, for television broadcasts. Wow. Yeah, i um, go
0: for that. That's Mark Falavella. I'm Mike Marshall, director of digital with the Mavs. That's Bobby Corella. He Hello. cut his hair today just for the show, so I hope you enjoy that. Just a for lot, this. A lot to get to today uh, as the NBA schedules drop across the league. 2 p.m. Central time. Uh, the other time zones are made up and fake, so we don't worry about those. 82 games, as you planned, um, off the top. What sticks out to you, number one, now that we've had a little bit of chance to chew through this schedule, chop it up into uh, months, what sticks out to you, Mark?
1: Can I tell a funny story Absolutely. first about that 82 games thing? I love, I love funny stories. Have you ever heard the, the, the story of Keith Grant, You know, now the Mavs assistant general mm-hmm. manager, but a long time ago, he was kind of in charge of getting the schedule from the league when Dick Mono was the coach and, and Dick Mana's first time here. and one summer, Keith got the schedule and gave it to Dick Mata to look at during whatever day in July or August that it came out, and Mata's reaction, just like a coach you would expect, he looked at it and goes, man, 41 at home, 41 on the road. It's amazing. <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, he did not want to break it down, uh, deep dive the schedule like we're about to do over the next hour.
0: Yeah, he'd probably drive a coach and say.
1: Yes, it would. Uh, do you
0: yeah. think Rick knows who they're
2: playing on opening night? Yes. Yeah, he knows that. Yeah. Do you think he knows who they're playing second night? No.
1: As maybe right now, no. the second
2: night. Maybe. Maybe. Beyond, he's been in Orlando maybe. all week. Oh so I'm yeah, that's say no. true. He's been at Disney. He's been, at Disney, NBA. Yeah. He's been yeah. at
0: Disney. He's been at Disney. I'm gonna say no. He's probably planning uh, flights for the next month where he's oh, gonna fly yeah. with Dodo. Yeah. He's probably not worried about the second game of the NBA yeah. season yet, but we are. Um, and back to the original question mark. Kay. What sticks out to you that uh, you know? I feel a little bit better this season than mm-hmm. I did last season. Just mm-hmm. overall, and it doesn't matter. We still have to go play the games and win them. Of course. But uh, I feel a little bit better about it. Let's say
1: you. Well, I think it sets up to get off to a good start, and that to me is, look, the start of the season is always important, but as you guys know, the season has basically been over before it's began for two of the last three years, and last year was also not a very good start. They did recover from it and, you know, rebuilt the record to over 500 for a short stretch of the season last year, as a matter of fact, but 2-13 in the 2016-17 season. Uh, Two and 14 to start the 17 18 season, and then last year started two and seven. So when you look at this year's schedule, uh, it opens up at home against Washington. Six of your first 15 games are against, with all due respect to these teams, (laughs) the Wizards, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, or the Grizzlies. And, you know, if you look at projections and forecasts from various uh, sites that do that sort of thing, and our own analysis of it, I think we all understand that those teams are in a place where. Barring something incredibly unforeseen, they're not going to be the kind of teams that are going to be challenging for the playoffs. So between the other games that you have at the beginning of the year, the fact that six of your first 15 are against those particular teams, you just have to emerge from this. If you have designs on being a playoff team, and I think obviously the Mavericks do. I mean, Jerwin what Lucas said a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact. But if you're going to, to be in a position to do that, then you have to take advantage of uh, the, the nature of your schedule in the first 15 games.
2: Last year, they didn't do that, right? They started at Phoenix, lost by 21. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, they were in Atlanta. They lost that game. They blew a what, 25,
0: 26-point lead? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so is, I mean, last year, I feel like we were it.
2: saying the same exact thing. It just didn't
0: happen. Yeah. And yeah, we talked a lot about like when you play these teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's a theme every single year. How many of these teams that you think will probably be trying to get a higher lottery pick rather than win games? When do you play them? If you play them the first month, they're going to have a completely different complexion to their team than they will in March and April. And that feeds right into what happened against Atlanta, what happened against uh, Phoenix last season. Yeah. It's all about when you play these teams and what they're trying to accomplish at that point in their season. Um, Bobby, same question to you. What sticks out? Bobby Corella of uh, numbers on the boards. Yep, yep, with skin weight. Well, and He's of the brand new. Across the, across the,
2: the brand new Mavs.com, by yes, the way. That just launched slick. today. So go to Mavs.com. It's a, it's a beautiful website. It's always yeah. been a great website, but now it is like uh, extra beautiful. Got, it got a, a makeover, just like me. Mm-hmm. Right? Blow up. Uh, I can't say. What stands out to me? Yeah. So we're scared. talking about teams that are trying to kind of may or may not be vying for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, another team that the Mavs are playing a lot early on is the New Orleans Pelicans. are playing them three times in the first 23 games. And now, I think the Pelicans are kind of in the same boat as the Mavs. These are teams that have sort of revamped the roster a little bit, that are maybe on the outside or just on the cusp of playoff contention. I think that's fair to say. Um, you play them three times in the first 23 games, that's three of the first 23 games of Zion Williamson's career. And so, uh, can you maybe take advantage of him before he figures out kinda how to do the whole NBA thing? Um, They got a lot of new players on the team, so what is their chemistry gonna be like? I think they're only bringing back maybe one starter from last year's team in Drew Holiday. And so they're gonna be working through a lot of stuff. Um, So from a competitive standpoint, that might be a good time to get the Pelicans. And then from an excitement standpoint, we could see Zion three times in the first month and a half of the year. So that's gonna be awesome. Uh, And then another thing that really stands out to me, uh, I guess two, both quick. uh, You're done with the Warriors before the All-Star break. You play them three times this season. All before January uh, 14th is the last time you play the Warriors. And, of course, Clay Thompson is eyeing a return from his uh, ACL injury, uh, I believe, at the All-Star break is when he hopes to come back. So you get to play them before they have Klay, which I think is good. Uh, And then also no second game of back-to-backs against Houston. That is the first time in six seasons. Mark and Mike, that they have not played the Rockets on the second night of a back-to-back. Of course, we all fondly look back on that 2014-15 season for many reasons, one of which was every single time they played the Rockets, it was the second leg of a (laughs) back-to-back. So I'm very happy that we get to see uh, DeLon Wright get some fresh legs before he has to chase around James Harden and Russell Westbrook for 36
0: minutes or whatever the case may be. There's always those bugaboo back-to-backs that happen, and I feel like last year and a couple years uh, before that, it was, it was Utah. That's where yeah. the winning, winning streaks go to die in Utah. Whenever you do yeah. that back-to-back, like LA-Utah or Utah-LA. Or any game involving up. Denver, too. Yeah, Denver-Utah. This is not fair. It feels like a scheduled loss. You might go in there. I mean, you're going to give it your best effort. But it's like, oh, my God, I'm tired. The elevation. I mean, Utah on the second night of a back-to-back, I just want to get out of here mm-hmm. type mentality. So uh, good to see none of that this season um, and none of the Houston back-to-back, which you yeah. mentioned. Um, what sticks out to me, I always look at, now that I work for the team and I have to follow every single game and watch every single second, I look at these, these stretches of the schedule in which it looks like there's no end in sight of playing really awesome teams. Right. Because we, we live in weeks, right? We live in a weekly cycle of, okay, here's seven days, there's seven days. When the season comes it doesn't even feel like I don't know I don't know if it's Tuesday Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's Friday I don't know if it's a Sunday afternoon Um, you just look at the schedule and you go oh crap I got Miami uh, Milwaukee Boston Philadelphia Toronto San Antonio Golden State Los Angeles Lakers Thunder and then Brooklyn and that's what hits us mid uh, or late December to mid January and I feel like it was the same last season I said this going into uh, as we did this show with uh, with skin last year Um, there's that stretch that's gonna define your season. Mm. There's that seven to ten games that Mm -hmm. you either know you got it, or you're down here and you probably need to make a move at the end of January, beginning of February. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one of those late December, mid-January, the one I read just a minute ago, and then we get about a week break there, and then all of a sudden it starts a uh, Denver, Los Angeles Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers, Golden State Warriors, Kings, Blazers, Clippers, Portland, Jazz, Thunder, Phoenix is a little bit of break in there, and then I'm is Phoenix Rockets. a break? I don't know. I don't Not know. Recently. Not recently. No, yeah. I mean, I want to yeah. see. I want to see what they are for sure. Yeah. Um, with the moves they made, um, Sarich is definitely interesting to me to, uh, you know, what they need and that mix, and they're always going to give the Mavs a punch straight in the face. So, mm-hmm. uh, be ready for that one. But I look for those stretches that are more than five games Mm -hmm. that you can't see the top of. You're like, oh, my God, we just dropped the first two of this, and we could be in for a five-game losing streak. Or, oh, we won the first two, and look at us. Look what we can do. we got some momentum building. So, uh, yeah, that's what what stands out to me.
1: Last year's version of that was whenever the Mavs, right before Christmas, started that 9 out of 11 Mm -hmm. on the road. And it began with a road trip. What was it? Denver, Clippers, Golden State, Portland. Mm -hmm. And then you came home, and then you played – a, ba- a home and home with New Orleans, then you played a home and home with Oklahoma City, and then you kept on going out on the road to Boston, Charlotte, Philly. Boston, Philly. And they did win big in Charlotte, and I think they went maybe three and eight in that particular stretch last year. And that obviously I think they went below 500 at that point and never got back on the right side of 500. So I'm glad to me this year there aren't any stretches of schedule to me where it looks like it's that arduous for that mm-hmm. long a period of time, especially in terms of big chunks of time on the road. There's no, like, 9 out of 11 on the road. There's a 6 out of 7 on the road after the All-Star break. Kind of, you know, a little bit matching up with your stretch of schedule you talked about, Mike. They will play – they will owe the road some at the beginning of the second half of the season, the mathematical second half of the season. I'm not talking about the All-Star break. I'm talking about right at that 40-game mark. And so in mid-January – let's see what I have here on the date for that. Uh, January 14th to March 2nd they're going to play 15 of 23 on the road. But again, Ooh. I don't think that's quite as bad as the 9 out of 11 that they played on the road right. from uh, from mid to mid December until the first week of January last year. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Especially as we kind of like come back to the back-to-back thing that we were talking about earlier. They're not losing any hours on back-to-back travel this season at all. Yeah. So they're staying in the time zone you're not doing like from Golden State to Denver where not only do you have to play two tough teams, but you're mm-hmm. losing an hour. You're not going from, like, D.C. to Dallas where you're gaining an hour, but you're still flying three hours. Like, all of this stuff should be – it's it's pretty clean travel. So, as back-to-backs go, it's just not too rigorous. Like, yep. I think it's – it is very difficult games, and you're playing the Kings twice on the road on second nights of back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough team to play yeah. on the second leg. But you're not doing any of this stuff where you're at Utah one night at Denver the next. Leg. So, I think – they're, they're difficult road stretches, they'll at least have some time to sort of like catch some disease, you yeah. know. And, and we
1: don't know what those you know, we haven't had a chance to deep dive everybody else's schedules. Maybe some of these times and they're playing those teams on back to backs. Maybe the maybe the team that team is also on a back to back. You never know how that's gonna line mm-hmm. up. That's uh, that's sure. something else to to study as we uh, as we have some more time to go over all these schedules from around the league and how they how they compare with the Mavs.
0: Yeah, so the pillars get filled in around, you know who you're gonna play three times, you know you're gonna play two times, but going into last season I mean the, the the adjustments are kind of cosmetic almost, but then you look at who you're playing on the tail end of those back to backs like we talked about earlier. Last season going into it, I felt like if I degrade our schedule on a three to on a one to ten scale, I'd be like uh, maybe a three. Like yeah. I don't I don't like this schedule. Like, yeah, I can see sure. where I can see where the schedule is going to beat them down. Yes. On this on this uh, on this calendar this year, I feel like it's more like a six or a seven, and that might just be my overall confidence in the team mm-hmm. heading into this season, feeling a little bit better than I did last year. Um,
1: I don't know, I feel like I feel better. I feel more confident. Having two superstars will do that. I really actually I seriously do and genuinely do agree with you on that from <clears throat> from, you know, almost two decades of this schedule analysis whenever you get your hands on it and you mm-hmm. start going through and you look at it and you analyze it. I mean I do look at it from a setup and how it lays out standpoint and look, you know, uh, maybe we do this a lot more than everybody else does and of course it is 41 at home 41 on the road but i do think there's something to be said for how the schedule is set up and you know how it's going to play out in practicality and so i do agree with you that compared to last year for example and many other years in the past i like how it sets up for the mavs in certain aspects of it compared to compared to last year especially i mean i thought as soon as last year's came out it's like well other than the first week of the season it's like man this this is it doesn't seem like there's. it's set up to have any sort of degree of success because of some really difficult stretches. And, and this looks better in that regard. Mm. Follow-up question,
0: have you considered or are you currently uh, on your contract, have something in there that says your suit has to be slightly better than skins?
1: Um, you know what, I'm working on that. Okay. I yeah, I have not, uh, I have not, Got I, that. Can, I can write in that in the contract. There for please you. do. Yeah, okay. I, need to, I need You don't to write need any language, contract.
2: man. You always pull it off. His, uh, his well, is they, always better. Than no skin. disrespect to skin.
1: No disrespect. To no disrespect to skin.
0: Skin has um, really
1: stepped up his suit game in the last two. To three Mark's years. suits mm. are always better. Wow. Mark's like
0: Mark's like going into like fifth year of his NBA career. Skin still looks like right. like a second year guy. Like maybe wearing like <laughs> rant, maybe wearing like the raggedy suit. Maybe like the pants don't match. Maybe they came from Ross. I don't know. Marks is always just a touch Came better. From Ross. Just always a touch better. I'm like, dang, he must, that must be in your contract. Guess not, though. Um, <laughs> all right, so looking at the home slate, which is what we care about here in Dallas. And if you're not in Dallas and you're watching this, thank you. Thank you, number one, for being a Mavs fan and watching us and uh, yeah. listening to this in podcast form. Wherever you get it, subscribe to all our podcasts. We're trying to do some great content for you throughout the year um, on a daily um, type schedule. So thanks. Subscribe and follow on Himalaya. There you go. Um, home games. That's what I start digging into. What are the Mavs fans? What are the people here going to get into? Bobby, what sticks out to you? What home game are you most looking forward to uh, this season? Aside from opening night,
2: which I'm really looking yeah. forward. to, I'm yeah. am genuinely very excited. Even though I mean, you look at the schedule. Washington is not going to be like a 60 win team, but I'm still just pumped to see Luca and Borzingis play together. I think it's going to be awesome. That'd be the craziest 60 win team ever. It would be awesome. And <laughs> I mean, we who you knows, brother? We, like,
1: we need to play the game I want to play. I guess the Wizards' opening night starting lineup.
2: Sure, we can do that right now. Oh, okay. okay.
1: My guess is obviously Bradley Beal's the obvious one. mm -hmm. Isaiah Uh, Thomas starts with him in the backcourt. Okay. And I'll Uh, say their starting front line opening night is Davis Bertans, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. Which of those guys, Garden KP? Um, probably Bertans because of his length and because he's Latvian. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they have to. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> written in the that. rules. I was about to say it's written in this going written in the rules. <laughs> I think so. they
2: should just go all out offense, man. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Isaiah, you know he can score. Yeah, Bertans can shoot. Hachimura is a really good, polished mm-hmm. offensive guy. Thomas sure. Bryant is like Dwight Powell, kind of. They're almost like the Spider-Man meme. He started, like, 53, like yeah, he
1: started 53 games for them last year. I like Thomas Bryant. They do have Ish
2: Smith, though, who is a noted
0: Mavs killer. Yes. He is a big-time Mavs killer, mm-hmm. so... So starting five uh, for the have been talking wizards. to Shed too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting five sense. for the Wizards on opening night, uh, Harry Potter at the one. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Old dude from Lord of the Rings at like maybe the four. That's Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. Or Saruman. Um, Which one? Old girl from Harry Potter uh, probably at the two. Oh, um, cool. I don't know any Is more wizards. Yeah, Marla. Yeah, that one. Okay. That yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other wizards. Maybe a couple people from Lord of the Rings or from uh, Game of Thrones slide in there. Okay. We got a starting five going.
2: That would be some game. Again, I ask who's guarding KP. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Harry
0: Potter doesn't want this.
2: It's going to be a good game, though, because th- not only is that like the home opener, whatever, Luke and KP first time, but also DeLon Wright versus Bradley Beal. Like, we're going to get a pretty good look at DeLon Wright's defense right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched for that. But
0: uh, Check out our podcast with DeLon Wright later this week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other game that I'm really looking forward to yeah. and there's loads of them. I mean, there's there's a lot of high-profile teams coming through here, obviously, but uh, November 26th against the Clippers. I'm really, really psyched to see that game. It's our Clippers first look twice at the Lakers twice, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be the first time this Love season it. that the Mavs have played the Clippers. Uh, so first look at them, home or away. And Luca had some big games against Pat Beverly. He's had he had a really big game against Kawhi yeah. at home and he had a, some pretty big games against Paul George, but he's never had to go against all three on the same night. <laughs> and so that is yeah. going to be our first look at Luca like, dude, they got three world-class perimeter defenders. Can you score against them? All three of them as they're rotating on you over and over again. And uh, we're also going to see, well, which one of those guys does DeLon Wright cover? And is Justin Jackson or Dorian Finney-Smith starting? And if so, who are they guarding? And what, what are the Mavs going to do whenever you have so many threats on the perimeter? So I think that's going to be an awesome game. And also I think the Clippers might win the West. So like, that's like you're wow. probably I, the Lakers come through before them and some other teams do. But I think Clippers is like you're a big-time juggernaut coming into town. So I'm really pumped to
0: see them. Mark, I know you uh, have an eye for vengeance in your favorite home game of the season.
1: <laughs> I'm looking for New York on November the 8th. Um, you know, this, this matters a little bit more just to us because, as everybody's seen now, uh, the game whenever KP goes back to New York mm-hmm. and plays at Madison Square Garden is a TNT game. And it's a matter of fact about a week after the Knicks come here and play. So Friday night, November the 8th. Uh, you know the the first time that, that Porzingis plays against the Knicks, I'm really looking forward to seeing.
2: That. And Dennis' return, our old buddy
1: that. Dennis. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's exactly his right. With yep. uh, Games. I I kind of cheated. I picked a
0: weekend basically because that's I always okay. look for the Friday Saturday games or Saturday Sunday games because it's just super fun yeah. to be in the building on a weekend, the yes. home game, especially when it's a good opponent. Um, somebody you're looking forward to. So I picked. Uh, january 10th and 11th the uh, lakers on a friday night 76ers on a saturday night yeah. probably two of the top what five or six yeah. title contenders this year and back-to-back nights the aac mm. like that place is going to be like still shaking by the time we show up for the 76ers the next day so that's gonna be an awesome weekend um just you know if you're gonna if you're gonna come back in town after holidays let's go ahead and get back on the ninth so yeah. we can go to the uh the lakers and 76ers game that's a that's a grouping eye circle right
1: there. The so, unique home back-to-back, too. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't happen unique. very often. And very there's actually unique. two of them for the Mavs this year. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that stretch also caps off a six-game homestand, too. So hopefully, yeah. by the time we get to those games, the maps are going to be kind of like cruising. You know? Yeah.
0: That's, that's a really weird two weeks we get to spend at home right after the, uh, the calendar turns to January. Yeah. We'll get they to that they always back.
2: spend basically
0: the holiday season in December on the road. That's mm-hmm. kind of a, this yeah. an annual tradition. Yeah. Um, all right. So some numbers to know and you can stop me whenever you want to uh, chime in and throw in some insight into here, but uh, national TV games is something I always look at. Okay, uh, How interested is the uh, the NBA atmosphere sure. and what we're putting out there every game, um, especially going into a season, what's the hype. Last year was kind of defeating when we only had three yeah. uh, national TV games and I know
1: Mark likes, likes his nights off. so uh um, like, we've got five of them this year Got yeah, five yeah four, off? four wow. tnt nights off and one exclusive? espn exclusive okay. which is uh the the game on november the 1st at home against the Lakers. How often does that happen I don't uh, really that is the anything. first time that's ever happened really oh, only, okay. they, they didn't put you know for the longest time in the regular season we can do a side-by-side broadcast whenever we're on ESPN. <clears They throat> right they very recently and i believe last year actually was the first year of it put into the tv contract a limited number of days in the regular season that ESPN could then have exclusivity of broadcast and keep a local market broadcast from occurring. And that started, like I said, I think last year. And obviously the Mavs are going to be uh, be a part of that on that first home game they play against the Lakers on November the 1st.
0: Mm-hmm. So 13 national TV games, eight of which on the road. I still don't know why people don't want to come to Dallas and do their national games, but we'll get to that some other time. It's a beautiful um, city. It really is. Hey, great airport. Easy to get in and out. Um, October 25th is the first one. Um, Zion Williamson versus Luka Doncic. Um, that's awesome. It's in New Orleans though, on ESPN. Uh, November 1st, the first Lakers game. That's the ESPN only one that Mark just mentioned. Uh, AD and LeBron at, uh, at home, right? Yeah, we're yep. here. Yep. We're here for the ESPN broadcast of uh, first Lakers trip to Dallas with the new new duo. November 14th at the Knicks on TNT, that is Kristaps Porzingis' first return, Courtney Lee as well, and uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr.'s first return to New York after the trade. Uh, November 20th versus Golden State on ESPN. December 3rd at New Orleans on TNT again, they're really loving this uh, Dallas-New Orleans matchup, which I get it, probably the two faces of the league if you're hoping uh, long term if you're Adam Silver. You're looking five years out, and you're yeah. thinking of who are the faces of the league. You're probably thinking Luca, and so yeah, that's two lovable stars. And also, mm-hmm.
2: while we're here, I know Memphis. I don't know if Memphis is going to be on national TV at all this season, but Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant,
0: like the Southwest, <coughs> is shaping up to be pretty good for a long time, and it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting close to Christmas, December 20th at Philadelphia on ESPN, which is awesome. Um, that's one of those games where uh, I don't know if that's like such a high marquee game. That's like a clout game. That's like, we're playing the 76ers. They're supposed to be a top five, top four seed in the East. We're supposed to be a playoff team. We're hovering around there. Let's put some respect on this game. Yeah. And let them be on the national game of the night, um, which will be awesome. January 8th versus Denver's home game on ESPN. January 17th, home game against the Blazers on ESPN. Then we get another one six days later, January 23rd, at Portland on TNC. That'll be a night off for Mark. Yep. Um, January 31st at Houston on ESPN, February 26th at San Antonio on ESPN. I was kind of, ex- not not excited, but just kind of surprised that these Spurs games were getting Spurs, so much yeah. love. There's two late of them.
1: i going to have to write a note to Adam Silver making me work on my birthday. <laughs> um, March,
0: I'll call that one for you if you want to take the yeah, note. Okay. okay, you got it. <laughs> a good friend of Bobby's. Uh, March 10th at San Antonio again on TNT. And then March 16th versus the Clippers in Los Angeles at Staples on ESPN rounds out the national TV games. 13 total, eight on the road. Ten more than the last season. Yeah,
1: I noticed a couple of those TNT games are Tuesday night games too. By the way, yeah, I think it's the the New Orleans game on December third and that San Antonio game on March the tenth. So they have the uh, they have two Thursday night TNT games and then two Tuesday night TNT games.
2: Mm-hmm. And a couple of those home ESPN games are the late start. It's the eight thirty start, yeah. and the crowd's always buzzing to those because, as you know, Dallas is uh, it's a tough city to navigate during rush hour, and so sometimes it does take people a little time to find a parking spot, get in their seat, get comfortable. But uh, 8.30 p.m. in, the the bowl's full. You know,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because there are some changes on the national TV front in terms of game times. And I think clearly they're trying to uh, lessen these instances (laughs) of deep, deep in the night on the East Coast when some West Coast games are ending. So there are certainly... Not every night, but there are a lot of national TV nights this year where the schedule's moving up half an hour. So there are home games that, because they're on national TV, are starting at 6.30 Central Time. I mean, you're right, some of them are the late games, Mm. but there are 6.30 Central Time tip-offs involving Mavs home games this year because they're the front end of a doubleheader on ESPN, for example.
0: You will not hear me complaining about that at all. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. One bit. Uh, A couple other weird quirks in the schedule. A Mexico City game, which constitutes a road game. We're not gonna have yes. a home game. Yes, counts as a road game. Um, December Can't 12th wait. versus the Detroit Pistons, and as you said, Luke Kennard uh, yep. in Mexico City. I think we're out there, so just looking through this and working through it, right? It's on the 12th, but we have three days off before that. Yeah, there's a Sunday. I bet we go out there pretty early. On Tuesday, yeah, yeah, for sure. I bet we get out there on a Tuesday, which yep. is going to be awesome. Spend an evening and basically a day off in Mexico City. It's fantastic, um, man.
1: When we played the Suns down there two years ago, <clears throat> had such a great time. Yep. I mean, just just it's an incredible amazing city the food the museums uh the the sites that you know whatever kind of sightseeing you want to do it is a it's an enormous Vibrant city and can't say enough great things about it. It's gonna be Excited super awesome this
2: year because they were there in what? 2017 I think is the last time that they were there, but now they got Luca They got Chris Stapps two really high-profile uh, players who both speak Spanish So I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of media mm-hmm. there. there's gonna be a lot of cool
1: stuff and then Seth also and Seth Curry will be back And the interesting thing about that a is great game. as whenever we played down in Mexico City in January of 17 2017 against Phoenix I happened to tell Seth before we went to the arena. I said you know I looked at these recent regular season Mexico City games the league has been staging down there, and I have deduced, man, i got exciting news for you. You are going to be, once you play tonight, the first person in world history to have played two NBA regular season games in Mexico City. Really? Yeah. Now, only that only lasted for two days because well, the Suns were down there for two games. Yeah. So all those guys, Devin Booker, and you know, by the time they played that Saturday game, two days later against the Spurs, but for two days, Seth Curry, there's 7.3 billion people <clears throat> in the world, And Seth Curry was somebody out of all those 7.3 billion people, the only one to have done it. That is amazing. Well, he he be the first to to play three? uh, I don't know yet. I have to get back to you Because
2: the Suns are going down there again this year, playing the Spurs. They are? Okay. But so if Seth goes first. I think the Suns were down there last year, too. Yeah, Yeah, I think they've got guys who played
1: four and five now. Did Booker play, though? Uh, (laughs) uh, Was he sitting in? I could tell whenever I told Seth that that I was much more excited to tell him this <laughs> uh, than he Kumar. was to receive the news. I mean, he, uh, he smiled about it. He was very tight, nice, and he smiled group. about it. But, yeah, he had played the year before Sacramento and Boston had played down there. And so uh, he had played in that particular game and then played with the Mavs. Like
2: okay. yep. uh, that was the first game that he started yeah. whenever he was elevated to his starting lineup, and then that started one of the best stretches of his career. So you should... He should thank you. Yeah. yeah, he owes you some gratitude.
1: I for that. haven't thought of it in that term before, but I like it. I like the yeah. last credit.
2: time you talked to him. Yeah, he made himself a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I
0: actually
1: have talked to him since then. Oh, I didn't
2: okay. go a half season without oh.
0: talking to him. Oh, so okay. man, that'd be weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, Detroit Pistons, for uh, giving up a home game. Yeah, so that can be a road game for Although us. Although it does mean we don't get to go to their uh, media dining, which is uh, top notch. Yeah, priorities. Top-notch. Priorities. Um, also, a little scheduling cork on there. Our final game of the preseason. Is an international game in Vancouver. um, Amazing city. Against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Excited about that one. Love Vancouver. If you've been, you want to go back instantly. Um, Fantastic city. city. And then the first game of our preseason slate. Not international, but Tulsa. Nice. Which is a little weird. Nice. Um, If you've ever been, you want to go back. Tulsa's a cool city. (laughs) Tulsa and Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Almost the same. Um, All right, so holiday games. We aren't playing on many holidays this year. Um, we do have the December 31st at Oklahoma City Bobby Corrala Memorial Game of the Year. Yep. Uh, where he spends New Year's Eve in Oklahoma City as he demands every single season. Two right.
2: straight years. Yeah. <clears throat> and I might go again this year, so that'll yeah. be
0: three in a row. I think I'm on that one. Oh. Okay. I think I'm calling that one.
1: Two years ago, we came home after the game at Oklahoma yeah, City. we were on the plane. It, it was a 6 o'clock game up there, and it was just a one-game trip. But last year, we stayed over in OKC because the next day we went to Charlotte on that yeah. four-game road trip. And I
2: left my suit in the hotel. Mm. Did oh, you ever really? get
1: it back? Yeah, they did. They mailed it to me. Oh that's you. right. They they do it I left multiple
2: multiple in yes. the hotel room. Yes. I was very worried because I, I just got i just bought them.
1: Okay, I remember this. That's now, devastating. We saw. I saw me in uh, the hotel in Charlotte. You said, "What do you think I should do?" And I said, I "Call the hotel know about these suits." Yeah, call the hotel and ask them to. And they mailed and them right
2: away. It was so nice. Yeah. So shout out to mm-hmm. shout out to the I don't. What is the hotel called that we stay at? Uh, uh, no, no, we shouldn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> shout out to them though. Uh,
0: they're in OKC. Great. Yeah. Oh, great hotel. Great hotel. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever really, it is, great Very good hotel. Really, really yeah. legit hotel. I enjoyed that one. It is. A, it is a good hotel. Kind of creepy after. It's an awesome hotel. After the sun goes down, but. Surprised they just didn't just uh, throw your suits away because they're probably trash. Um, Moving (laughs) on, Lord, you got some hot suit takes, man. (laughs) I've seen you dress. Uh, (laughs) What's wrong
2: with this? Go ahead.
0: Back to backs, thirteen of them. um, Five road to road back to backs. Two instances of a back to back with two days off uh, leading into it. The league is trying to cut down on back to backs. They sent us a little note trying to prove such. Um, reduction of back-to-backs from last year 398 last year 371 this year so they know it's a deal where they don't want to put out you know a suboptimal product um, if they don't have to so hopefully at some point in our careers doing this we're gonna look up and go hey guys this is the year we don't do back-to-backs anymore right now we used to have you? 19 or 20 in oh a season my gosh now. And then back-to-back-to-back. To
1: back to back. Yes. That and one's four right. and fives yeah.
2: is terrible. Now, this is the second yeah. year with no four-game, five-night stretches, too, so that's really good. The yeah. average
1: per team is down to 12.4 after mm-hmm. it was 13.3 last year, and no team's going to play more than 14 sets of back-to-backs this year. So awful, that's good. Awful that's good. nice of them. Yep.
2: Nice. Yep. Awful that cool. nice of them. That's very um, good. And, again, no time zone changes on any of them. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Uh, we could go through these if you want, but the ones that stick out to me is a uh, December 28th Golden State Los Angeles, Lakers, back-to-back. That one hurts. <laughs> um, the home Lakers, Philly one, it's home, so whatever. Um, I think we can steal one of those, maybe both of them. Um, and then some of these other matchups, I hate the road back-to-back, especially when it's like Washington, Charlotte, Orlando, Atlanta. You get some travel, a decent amount of travel in there. It's going to be,
2: it's a short flight from Washington to Charlotte, but it's going to be a late night because it's a long uh, ride
1: yeah. to the yeah. airport out there. Yeah, a Dulles
0: yeah so uh hopefully at some point we get rid of all those but um you know how it works in (laughs) back-to-backs you go out there and you're like i'm tired i bet they're tired too all we do is type yeah yeah we don't have to do anything all you do is type yeah um yeah mark put a pretty good note here last 11 games we played without any back-to-back consideration that's awesome
1: yeah at the end of the regular season when you could be fighting for uh seating or even just getting into the playoffs Period the last 11 games you play, and that's very unique. I can't think of a time that that's happened in recent memory. Usually you always have one last back-to-back at the end of the season or the, you know, maybe the last two games of the season. I mean, that's happened a lot of times over the years or very, very close to the end of the season. There's, you know, they shoehorn one or two last sets of back-to-backs in in the final two weeks of the year. But this year, the last 11 games that the Mavericks play will have no back-to-backs involved. So I do think that's really important in terms of needing to potentially win those games at the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Uh, Bobby's already mentioned the no time zone changes. And of note, you realize, I believe last year, the only two second night of a back-to-backs that the Mavericks won were the only times last year that they had a road home back-to-back. Well, this year, between the home-and-home back-to-backs they have, two of them, and the road-home back-to-backs Six out of the 13 sets of back-to-backs this year will feature the second game being played at home. So you have the energy of your home crowd. Six wins right there. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly should right. help. Uh, you know, right. that was, you know, Luca talked about that was a real adjustment for him last year. That was something that they didn't have to do in Spain. Doesn't help. Um, and, and so that was a real challenge for him. Uh, he had a lot of his, uh, statistically speaking, poorer games on the second night of back-to-backs last mm-hmm. year. So the fact that, uh, six of them are at home on the second night of a back-to-back out of the 13 that you play. I do think gives you, yet again, another little uh, scheduling quirk, scheduling layout advantage as to, to, the, to the point at the very beginning of this, as to why we think this is, you know, sets up as, as schedules go yeah. uh, comparatively favorable for the maps. This
0: is what I put the most weight in, is when you look at this list of back-to-backs and you see what the second team and where yeah. it is. Yeah. Because it almost feels like a scheduled loss. And if you start running down these, okay, at Memphis, home Minnesota. I'm not talking about the second game of back-to-back, so we're looking at home against Sacramento, at L.A., at the Lakers. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia at home, at Sacramento, a Phoenix game in there, a home Atlanta game in there, a road Charlotte, a road Atlanta, a road Chicago, home against Denver. That's going to be tough no matter what. And then at Sacramento, it's not quite what it looked like last year where it's Utah. Houston. It seemed like every back to back was yeah. a playoff team last yeah. year. Yeah, at Denver.
1: I think yeah. there was a yep. at Denver back to back. Especially down the
2: stretch, if they are trying to make a push, like if it's the last week of the season or last two weeks, you got to win three, four in a row, mm-hmm. not having to manage any yep. rest,
0: load situation, whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be very nice. It's going to be yeah. very nice. Because I imagine at least a lot of these early ones, I mean, we don't have Dirk anymore. Mm. Um, we do in our hearts, but not on the roster. Yep, forever um, we J.J. is going to be coming back from his Achilles, right? That'll so be tough. So you're probably going to knock him out of those games. With, yeah, and just KPM KP, I think mean, I, I, yeah. he's already on record saying that they're going to do that a little bit at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the load management you know, track that Kawhi set up last year, yeah. they won a championship it doing it. It worked really well. I'm not going to tell anybody they're wrong yeah. for sitting out uh, second half of back-to-backs. Um, and then three games and four nights happens 12 times. Not that insane. Um, busiest month. So we've got three months of exactly 15 games which I think is more even than it was last season. I think we had one that kind of bubbled up. I think we had a 17 somewhere in there yeah. last year? Yeah, December that sounds maybe? Right. It sounds right. Yeah, that It's was always what, December. Yeah, you just lose your mind. But uh, December this year, 15 games, nine on the road. Mm-hmm. That one hurts. Um, at Lakers, at Pelicans, uh, Mexico City is a road game against the Pistons. At Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, at Toronto, at Golden State, at the Lakers uh, again, and at OKC. So I consider... Technically not the busiest month, but the busiest travel month mm-hmm. uh, is December. So if you're looking for a time to really, uh, you know, maybe you want that second unit playing at their best. Maybe you want some of the young guys developing into who they are. Let's, let's try and get that right in December. Let's do all the little, little things around the fringes that can make us a more competitive team.
1: And it's hard road games too, Mike. Absolutely. I mean, it's Lakers, it's Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Lakers again, Toronto, Golden State. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some... And who knows what Oklahoma City is going to be this year. Uh, right. You know, because we, we don't know how everything's going to end up turning out with Chris Paul at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, there's, no, there's no rumors about him being moved along, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But yep. uh, those are all, or not all of them, but a lot of them anyway, are really tough road games too. Yep. Uh,
0: some weekend matinee games are on yes. this late. we got eight of them total. Uh, I think there was only one at home last year that I remember that was a 2.30 start. Um, very randomly, in there we got eight this we year. We didn't even get breakfast for lunch that day. Man. That's nice. true. It was regular food. Three of them are at home just from being in the organization and knowing what we're trying to do with mm-hmm. what kind of crowds we're getting out there. Try to be a little kid friendly. Yeah. You know, get your kid out there before they're all sleepy and they fall asleep at halftime. You don't feel like you got your money's worth. Well, how about <laughs> a, how about a two thirty start? Mm-hmm. You know, let's get out there early in the afternoon. Let's go hang out at Victory Plaza. Let's catch a great game. Let's go home. Your kids Dude, it and even if
2: even if you're grown, whatever, turn mm-hmm. it into a date. You go out to a game, then go out and get dinner afterwards. Or a grown yeah. baby, yeah, you or, know, or, yeah. If you're like a grown baby, baby like person. me, like me, I'm, yeah. I'm an adult baby. Um, it's nice to get out of the building at five. It's still sunny. You can yeah. go kick around for a little bit. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I
1: looked at a couple of those, by the way, and those are the uh, Mav stars doubleheaders at the arena. Oh, okay. oh that sense. Sense. So I think Quick change. I think the December seventh home game against the Pelicans. It's at one p.m. Mm-hmm. And I believe the March 14th home game that's at 1 p.m. against the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. I think those two games are weekend games where the Mavs are going to play at 1 o'clock and then the Stars are going to play at 7.30 that night at 2 mm-hmm.
2: so. nice. nice. Yeah, yeah um, those are great, man.
1: I love early games. And love just just a, uh, And also, too,
2: uh, real quick, the Mavs usually do pretty well at early uh, home games, and yeah. I'll let you figure out. Uh, the reason why on your own, but they they usually
1: play oh, very years well. Years ago, that was not what we said. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how people felt about that. A few years ago.
0: Um, all right, so first one is uh, at Houston, two thirty p.m. on uh, what month is that? November twenty yeah. fourth. Uh, December first. Yeah, eleven is November. Yep. Uh, Twelve would be December. So the first uh, one p.m. at the Lakers uh, first home game matinee would be at one p.m. December seventh against the Pelicans. Uh, December 22nd at Toronto at 3.30 p.m., January 25th at Utah at 3 p.m., random matinee in utah uh march 1st at minnesota at two thirty p.m and then the last two are our home matinee they'll probably sell a, a ticket package around our home matinee games just if you're looking for that if you yeah, just want to go absolutely. to a saturday early game with your absolutely. kiddos we'll probably have that three game pack for you at some point this season so look forward to that right. so the final two in march uh phoenix 1 p.m on march 14th and march 29th versus milwaukee at 2 p.m um and mark noted on here 11 other games that start as early eve or late afternoon games, 5.36 or 6.30. Yeah, um, at the game
1: site. Now, uh, yeah, you know, for example, Golden State started doing this last year. They play Saturday games right. at 5.30 Pacific time. So that's still, you know, from a TV, from people watching here back home on TV, that's a 7.30 Central time start. But, you know, uh, it, is, it is noteworthy that basically a quarter of your schedule, the games are going to be played either – Definitely in the afternoon or in the late afternoon, early evening, where the games are wrapped up by, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock local time. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah. very
0: nice. Yep. That's it's awesome. It's very nice. Um, so, longest homestand slash road trip of the season. Ooh, real quick, real Go quick. Ahead, All these early games, especially,
2: mm-hmm. uh, like, real matinees, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., it's great for our fans in Europe, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic for our fans watching that. Yeah, now. for sure. Slovenia, Lafayette, Germany. So, we
0: don't have any of these uh, insanely grueling road trips this season. Uh, longest road trip is four games and it happens twice uh into february hitting into march there's a san antonio miami minnesota chicago trip in there and then later in march the 16th through the 21st uh there's an la sacramento portland phoenix which is actually not that bad of a trip that's a gut check trip though that time of year yes
1: absolutely i I think that's uh that's that could be really pivotal in terms of playoff positioning and, and you know securing a spot because you know You've already talked about how good you think the Clippers are. We assume Portland, of course, is going to be mm-hmm. good. And we also assume Sacramento's in the mix to challenge along with Dallas for one of those last couple of playoff spots. And the aforementioned, for whatever reason, the Mavs can't beat Phoenix. Yep. You know, unless so, it's Dirk's last game. Something about the cacti yeah, out there. Just unless can't. it's Dirk's last home game. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, longest home, ga- home stand of the season is six games, January 2nd to January 11th. Basically uh, – Two weeks stretching there, we get to chill at home after the calendar turns and everybody gets
1: to hang out with their family. Um, Rick will be complaining by the end of that, saying you know that it's uh, that it's too long to be at home, that you get too comfortable, Mm -hmm. and and uh, you know you're not in the routine of going out on the road. And 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 I'm not making that up. He will. He could potentially say there are challenges. To playing six straight games at home because I've heard him say that in the past. A couple years ago,
2: we had like a seven or eight game at home, and right away he was like, "I don't like it." Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he he doesn't pull punches with that. Yeah.
0: Um, All right, so scheduling note: if you're looking for some city edition fun, I'll tell you everything I can tell you. Um, We're gonna have a new court, which is gonna be awesome. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what it looks like. I'm gonna tell you when. I don't even know if I. I don't think I, I know, know what it looks like. You've seen it. I didn't know that. Okay. I knew that we we're getting another court, but I have not yeah. seen the court. Yeah. Do you have pictures? Yeah, I'll show you later. All right, cool. I'll put it in your Google Drive or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the password yeah. to that is. The- so whenever, just the mechanics of it, you got to set down a new court. Like just think about just think, how what Steve Letson's going through. Right. Yeah. How how the mechanics of getting a new court. Hey, if you've ever seen the changeover at the arena, that is yeah. not easy. Yeah. And not then, when, for you,
1: example, they've got to do that twice this year where it's Mavs game, Stars game on mm-hmm. the same day. Yeah. And yeah. That, uh, that that home-and-home that home back-to-back in December, that's that's crazy because that's Mavs home game at Saturday at 1, Stars home game that night, Mavs home game yep. no on way. Sunday, and yeah. it's a 6 o'clock Sunday game, I think. Man. So, yep. so that's, that's wow. yeah, that's nuts.
0: Um, so, whenever you lay down the court – if it's a City Edition night and it's a back-to-back or even a close window of the next game, it's going to be City Edition, City Edition. Court and Jersey mm-hmm. because it takes wow. so much to flip the court, you know what I mean? You're not going to go back, you're not going to do City Edition one night and then two nights later flip the court back to normal court and wear normal uniforms. So we're going to get a bunch of City Edition groupings, which is awesome because I think people are going to be really fired up about the look this season in general. and just how out there
1: it is mm-hmm. uh, I think Sacramento was doing that a lot last year right where they were yep. playing where they were putting down different cords to match mm. the uniforms yep. that they were wearing for that particular yeah year. they had that turquoise sort of lion yeah right? yeah
0: the traditional old-school Kings one yeah the baby blue is turquoise the color what color no it's like powder powder blue yeah kind of UCLA blue. blue yeah yeah, yeah what is turquoise so if you're looking for a City Edition drop night when's the first one gonna happen I know the idea right now, and hopefully, uh, November twenty sixth. Wow! The Clippers, breaking news: the Clippers. Breaking news. Um, for a lot I of reasons. I don't see any
2: home games around them, though, Mike. That, yeah, the no. whole prelude is just.
0: Well, I'm just saying, if you if you get a city edition, know that the next if you if there's another game two nights away, and you're like, oh, I'd too. like to see those jerseys in that court again. Well, you're probably in luck. Nice. We're not going to flip okay. the court on you. Yeah. Um, out of nowhere. Um, so if we're looking at City Edition fun, which I know people will get really into, the party was awesome last year, we got some big things playing this season, uh, November 26th against the Clippers, I would put uh, put my money on that being the drop of City Very Edition. Cool. And those nights nice in the arena
2: are always fun too, because like the intro changes, everything yeah.
0: like everything is just different. It's kind of different. You know? Yeah. Um, I think y'all are really going really to like the City Edition touch that we had to everything uh, this year. So... Um, if you're into that, if you're into new swag, if you're into uh, you know merch that might not be online yet, that's only in the store type thing. City Edition uh, editions, November 26th cool. against the Clippers. I would circle that one and uh, plan
1: for that. It's gonna be like turkey, a turkey on the uh, yeah, uniforms? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's well, entirely turkey patch because it's two days. Yeah, we'll it's a it. pilgrim outfit. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're playing. Miles Standish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing in pilgrim
0: outfits. Nice. That's why everyone's going to love it. Okay. Even in March, uh, we're going to still be doing it. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but. Yeah. We just can't get out of it. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go month by month, see if anything sticks out to you, real quick. Um, obviously, the four games in October, No, no back to backs early, super early in the season, which is encouraging to me because I hate yeah. the second game being bunched for the third game. Sure, um, sure.
1: You go at your, your games eight and nine of the year of the, of, yeah. the se- of the season until you have a back-to-back.
0: Yeah, and then you got a nice gap there where there's not another one until December which is pretty helpful. Um, okay, anything stand out to you for November, guys? November? Yeah. I um, like that second I like that Cleveland, Orlando, New York, Memphis, Yeah, I mean, that's a, because your,
2: your first five games are tough. I mean, Washington at home, for as much as we want to say, like, the Wizards probably aren't going to make the playoffs this season, that's still going to be a tough game because Bradley Beal is really good. Um, your first five games are pretty difficult, and so getting to play Cleveland, Orlando, the Knicks, and Grizzlies, hopefully you can win some of those games and kind of, if you start below five hundred, you can get back to or even above. Yeah. Or if you start hot, then maybe you could get even hotter. Like they mm-hmm. did, what, 15, 16. I think they started nine and four. And after that, you can afford to stumble a little bit mm-hmm. if you if you start hot. So,
1: yeah. Uh, the the November thing that stands out, the October November thing, is just kind of the thing that I set off to start. Is that six of your first fifteen games mm-hmm. are against, uh, with all due respect, again against either the Wizards, Grizzlies, Knicks, or Cavaliers. And so, it just you have to get off to a good start this year. I mean, it just it has to happen. And uh, what we've seen the last few years just you know must be avoided at all costs because the expectations. Are higher now and there's a feeling that different things are, are going to start happening and, and the way you do that is to not bury yourself in the beginning so that's what stands out to me
2: just win baby
1: yep yep and and it is nice to have that uh, that four game homestand that will be right there in the middle of the month is fun Toronto the only visit of the defending champs obviously they look a whole lot different with Kawhi leaving but it's is the defending champ so that will be neat uh, the first time you see the Spurs the first time you see Golden State and then Cleveland coming in to end the homestand so that's uh, that's a cool little homestand.
2: DeLon Wright's gonna get a ring right is that I guess we can we can ask him that, but he was on the, yeah. he was on the team. Yeah, yeah. I got traded
1: at the deadline for Marcus Sewell. Yeah. So I think uh, I I think that that is a player vote. That's how that's determined. The yeah. players vote if there were people that were on the team for part of the season. Uh, I don't know if they if they determine if you get a playoff share or if you get a ring or yeah. I've that's been off my radar for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll
0: have to we'll have to ask him we'll do have have you to get to the him. Benji Molina Memorial Championship <laughs> Ring. <break? laughs> well, I
2: mean, because they usually you know. If, yeah. whether it's Toronto's visit here or our visit to mm-hmm. Toronto something they'll do something nice for the i would think do it you would think be, be the let they have it i would think it would be yeah. up there as hmm? do you think he'll let
0: me have it give you the ring Yeah. probably not you I'll can ask him i'm going to ask him tomorrow i'm okay. just okay. to see if i can have i mean you know, whatever he's yeah. got a lot of rings that's true um, december is whenever you need to uh, stock up on the cold meds that's when everyone starts getting a little loopy cuz the travel uh, nine road games in the month of december that's when we'll be starting our all star Uh, pushes for I'm assuming Luca and KP hopefully they're worthy this season I would put I would think they're gonna be alright so that's when our all-star campaigns are gonna start January that weird two weeks at the beginning (laughs) where we don't uh, leave you don't have to leave your couch um, or you leave your own bed from the 1st to the 13th of that month it's pretty awesome Uh, let's see February Obviously, the All-Star break looks like it's going to start on the 13th. I think that's already out there. Yes, that's correct. Um, 13th, 14th, 15th and the All-Star game will be the 16th in Chicago. And then four days off after that. That is going to be bitter, cold, but probably super fun. It'll be um, bitter cold
1: for you guys. I won't be here. I won't
0: be <laughs> that could be bitter cold for me. It's going to be Mark's second Peru <laughs> trip. Um, and then March, um, nothing really stands out to me in March.
1: Well, that big road trip, that 16th, 17th, 19th, 21st, Clippers-Kings. Yeah, the longest Kings, of the season, Portland, technically. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, from February 21st to March 21st, you're on the road a whole lot. Yeah, 6 out of 7 yeah. on the road right out of the All-Star yeah. break. Yeah. Uh, I had the note somewhere in one of these notes, one of these pages, I don't want to fish for it, but they've been, uh, I think, bottom five road record in the league for three years in a row now. Yeah. And so they have got to find a way to turn that around, because last year they were really good at home. They won, what, 24 out of 41, I think, so 24 mm-hmm. and 17 but you go nine and 32 or whatever it was on the road, yep. I mean, you're just buried. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a way to get closer to like even 15, 16, 17 wins. If you're 24 at home, then you're right there on the play, on the, you know, cusp of the playoffs. And so if yep. that's, that's gotta be something that changes this year is yep. just better success on the road.
1: If you won 70% of your home games, which is a, uh, which is a high number. Um, but if you could do that, that's what is that? That's, that's thirty twenty-nine. 31. That's 29 yeah. home wins basically. Um, yeah, and you find a way to get to that number you're talking about, 16, 17 road wins, mm-hmm. then you're at 45 or 46, and that's probably 7th or 8th in the West. And for
2: so many years in the mid-aughts, especially when they're winning 55, 60 games every year, they were like 27 and 14 on the mm-hmm. road or just something crazy. They were a great road team, mm-hmm. uh, and you know this team is still pretty young, but you got to find a way to win road games. have to
0: and then april 15th is the regular season home finale if for some reason dirk retires again that'd be weird but just maybe get the tickets just in case yeah he wants to do a double retirement. <laughs> yeah. 41-22-1. It's cool uh, that they get to say, end the season at home this year. Yeah, yeah. This year, we don't have to go to San Antonio on a
1: back-to-back. What if, what if Dirk says at the end of the year, you know what? I'm not going to let Vince Carter be the only guy to play 22 uh, okay. seasons. I'm going to sign a 10-day. Yeah. Yeah. Bring day. in Romo too. <laughs> <Just laughs> get them all. Bring about. them all back.
2: <laughs> no, number nine jerseys retired. He so. got Jet tweeting Jet emojis about the Mavs yeah. needing to fill a roster spot. So who knows? Maybe he'll be there too. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh,
0: that's, that's the,
2: OKC's only visit. So this is a yeah. little bit of esoterica. Uh, <laughs> the last week of the regular season, Detroit and OKC, the last two home opponents will be their only visits. Yeah. So that's we're, we're gonna right. have to wait until the very last day of the year to see every team
0: play. All well, you Pistons a, fans yeah. that live in Dallas, there's, in a the there's a lot.
2: There's my family's from Detroit. There's it's
0: a whole lot you of You and your dad. That's
1: it.
2: And my mom and my sister.
1: Along the lines, the reason that Oklahoma City doesn't come in here until the end of the year is that they're only playing them three times this year. Mm -hmm. And remember, you do have four teams every season. You only play three times, and that rotation is determined years in advance. But this year, it's Oklahoma City and Golden State where they only come to Dallas one time. The Golden State game, by the way, for those who want to see them, is mm-hmm. November the twentieth. Day before the day. Thanksgiving,
2: I think. Seven no. years in a row, we've played a, game. Oh,
1: a week before Thanksgiving. Is it yeah. not until the twenty eighth this year? It's the oh, latest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it's the latest Late that Thanksgiving. Can be. Can that be. is the
2: in tradition, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very excited about
1: that. So OKC and Golden State are come to Dallas one time. Mavs play them on the road twice, Mm -hmm. and then Utah Clippers are, Mavs only go out there one time, which I also think, albeit kind of tiny, but that's a couple of games, and so I do think that's a beneficial schedule set up for the Mavs. The Clippers and Jazz come here to American Airlines Center twice, but again, the Mavs only go on the road to play those teams who are the creme de la creme of the Western Conference. I think Mm -hmm. we would all agree on that, or at least theoretically they should be, And, and the Mavs only have to go play them on the road one time, so that's good as well.
2: Quick take, where does Utah finish?
0: Like, top two? Top, I'd say... Top three? Third, third
1: right now. Third? Third. Third, fourth in that ballpark somewhere. Yep. In there. Uh, I like their team a lot. I mean, yeah. the, the Mike Conley edition really was, good. Uh, was, really yeah. was very good. Yes. They might be
2: uh, maybe
0: number one pick in the old Bobby Cruella power rankings. Wow. But we'll see. Wow. Um, speaking of offseason moves and what transpired around the league, obviously an insane offseason where, uh, what was the stat, like every single All-Star move teams from the, Pretty much. every 2016 All-Star is on a yeah. different team now basically, um, but uh, we didn't want to let you watch this and just get super nerdy about the schedule without giving you a couple takes about, you know, how we feel about the roster and how it's shaped up and what we're going to be rolling out there October 23rd mm-hmm. against the Washington Wizards. Um, we can definitely sit here if you're a fan and you want to yell at each other about, uh, well, we didn't sign a max free agent. We didn't get a huge free agent type of guy. That's, that's fine. You can go do that on the internet. That's, this isn't really the place for that. For me, I'm worried about the guys that are here and what business we actually got done mm-hmm. uh, this off season and looking at the deals and having a little bit of time to, to marinate on it. I had a revelation this morning when I was driving in and I was like, okay, think of the deals actually got done. Okay, you got Dwight Powell. Yeah, you Brought Dwight Pack. You got Maxi Kleber. You got uh, Dorian, you brought in DeLon Wright for a sign-in trade, Seth Curry, so, and, and, and Boban. Boban. Boban as well. We can't leave Bobi out. But uh, the guys that came back and the additions that we brought in, I liked all the moves a lot. I think those dudes are going to be really key to what we're doing this season and into the future as you're trying to insulate around KP and Luka. Mm-hmm. But what struck me was thinking about those dudes and thinking about the numbers that they got in terms of contracts and length. Um, all of them are going to be here for a little bit. They're gonna get to grow around Luca and KP. Mm-hmm. We're gonna figure out exactly what um, what connection of formula we're gonna need to put around KP and Luca pretty quickly, I think. But the thing that got me all giddy was thinking of these dudes as I don't know if they're 82 game starters, mm-hmm. but they're starter quality players. Mm-hmm. Maxie's a starter quality player. Dwight Powell, by God, he's you know, he's he's the efficiency mark in the league offensively. Delon Wright, Seth as well, right? So those four dudes, I think, are starter quality players on, I don't know, half the teams in the league. Uh, When you start shaping it up, and the deals we got them on are way below what people are paying for starters. Mm -hmm. So you've got a bunch of really good contracts that are longer term of dudes that I like. I like their games and they can bring a lot. And the other part of that is I think this team has a chance to be a sneaky good defensive team. If you start rolling out, start working out your starting lineup. We talked about Washington's starting lineup. On opening night, yeah. Okay. What's ours? And in most of those machinations of that, I'm like, that's a pretty good – three or four of those dudes are really good defensively. Yeah,
2: I don't think there's any sneakiness about it. I mean, they've been, like, basically just slightly below league average defensively for, I think, three or four years Mm -hmm. in a row now. And so if you take Going a team, defensive rating. Just defensive rating, are, yes. Yeah, yes those yes. who are
1: wondering where you're coming up with that. Yeah, by
2: def- by points allowed per 100 possessions. Yeah. Uh, they've been just basically slightly below. Like, I want to say between like 17 and 22, basically mm-hmm. the last mm-hmm. like three or four years straight. Uh, you upgraded defensively probably at four or five positions this summer, I think. Uh, if you're starting lineup, and now there's a few different ways they can, they can go, but if I'm trying to build a starting lineup that I think will actually start on opening night I'm thinking probably my prediction, DeLon Wright, Luca, Justin Jackson, Maxi Kleba, and Porzingis. And so Maxi, we all know his room (laughs) protection numbers. Uh, KP, he was what the most underrated defender by mm-hmm. if you're judging by Carmelo, and I don't know if you want to if Carmelo's the be all end all stat in the world, but he's a, a really job. good shot blocker. We've seen Maxi able Just to protect the room. People,
1: and, by the way, for people who are watching and wanting what you're saying about Carmelo, that is 5:38. It's a stat. It's really a developed defensive yeah. method, yes. By the way. Yes, the stat,
0: a not the not the man himself. Not Carmelo Anthony. He didn't like go in a room and go.
1: He's good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, underrated. yeah pretty, pretty underrated. Pretty underrated. You know? Carmelo broke down tape of every yeah. player in the league. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, well, he and, would everybody. know. He's he, played with Chris Stapps He's before. got time, too. Yeah, but
2: uh, between KP and Maxi, if that's who they start, and I think Dwight is the other candidate there, but mm-hmm. if Maxi is the starter, that's a guy who can protect the rim and also switch guard wings and guards and all that stuff if if needed so I think that's a really really good front court uh, defensive pairing and then DeLon Wright is a really good defender at the point guard spot can defend uh, some you know twos and wings Justin Jackson I think is a pretty above average defender at least Uh, and then off the bench you still got Dorian and you got other guys that can defend too I mean like I think they're not they're not sneaky good I think they're just pretty they're pretty good pretty good, at least in the starting group.
1: Michael, if I were to guess his starting lineup, I would vary a little bit from Bobby's. I don't think that Powell got a you know the three year 13 million dollar season or whatever the 11 million dollars, whatever it is. I don't even remember right now, I'm sorry, but but whatever the number is, I don't think he got that extension to be coming off the bench. not mm-hmm. not to you know and not only that, but a lob threat with Luke is very important. Uh, the numbers that Powell posted as a starter mm-hmm. and what he did basically from around the first of February whenever whenever I would have to go back and look specifically at how many games but, but give or take from the first of February to the end of the season he was a about a fifteen rebound I'm sorry, fifteen point seven rebound a game player uh, starting a lot of those particular games. So
0: there was some crazy three point shooting stat in there too. Yeah, well. for, I, mean, I mean, like 39% was about 40%. Yeah. yeah it's like just 40% second half the, of the first season. half of the year, he was like 18
2: or something. Just yeah. pretty, So it was,
1: yeah. So that does need to, that does need to level out. Yeah. <laughs> so get, get that a little <laughs> bit more consistent. <laughs> um, but I, 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 think I would agree with you on your projection for the starting lineup. I, other than I would say Powell starts mm-hmm. Cleveland comes off the bench. Uh, you know, I, I think he's the sixth or seventh guy in your rotation. Um, you know, Seth is, is probably one of your top two guys off the bench as well. I, d- I do think that you want him on the floor, some with Luka, and so you want to play him enough minutes so he's out there with Luka because you want him to provide floor spacing and be able to capitalize on Luka's passing ability and the floor spacing that would come with Luka and Porzingis on the floor at the same time. Luka so he's got to play with the starting group or those two players in particular.
2: Yeah, he, Luka demolished backups last year. I think that was one of the real sad things about JJ's injury and then also the trades is that the roster turned over so much to a degree that Luka was no longer really playing with the second unit or at least it was different but if it's Luka and Seth and Brunson and shooter shooter or just like big big like that's a really really good team against backups the other
1: two you know as we know Luka and Porzingis are obvious starters so the other two positions that you would have a debate about I do agree with you DeLon Wright um, because I think you want the defender out there, mm-hmm. and a bigger defender who can guard point guards or shooting guards, depending on what you want to do. I would think you would still probably always want to have him on the point on the point guard if it's if it's he and Luca on the floor together. Obviously, if you're playing, you know, at a time when you're playing Brunson and Wright, maybe Brunson's guarding the point guard and Wright's guarding the two. The point being is that uh, you know the question with Wright is can he be a good enough outside shooter? In the lineup. But I love what he provides defensively, and I love what he provides secondary playmaking because I do think that that needs to happen. Luca needs somebody else out of the floor so he doesn't have to do all the playmaking and ball handling and all those sorts of things by himself. And then the other one, uh, I think it's Justin Jackson. That's my guess on uh, August the 12th, mm-hmm. subject to change. Um, you know, Finney Smith probably is going to have a chance to earn that mm-hmm. opportunity as well. Uh, he started quite a bit over the last, you know, over his rookie season. And, and started a pretty fair amount of games last year as well. Uh, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but, I mean, he started – It was about yeah. half, I think. Yeah. You know, he just, should be able Just under whatever it
0: took to qualify for a starter, sure. I think.
1: Sure. Sure. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's something to look for as well is, is, you know, could be Justin if you want more offense on the floor at the start of the game to kind of, you know, make sure that it's not all incumbent on uh, Porzingis and Luka and the mm-hmm. lob threat of Powell somebody else who can provide some offense. Um, but it could be more defensive-oriented with Vinny Smith. Um, you know, So who knows on that?
2: It could be matchup-dependent, too. And yeah. on second nights, if, if Porzingis is out, then it could be different, too. And also, yeah. neither of us mentioned Tim Hardaway. That's true. Yeah. Who yeah. got a lot of shots whenever he was starting. I yeah. think that he's – there I were think a couple times where they used him against second units, and he was pretty good, mm-hmm. just kind of beating down backups. To me, that's his optimal. Point. Yeah,
1: I, I think if you're going to look at where Hardaway fits in on a good team – then I think he fits in as somebody who provides microwave-type scoring punch against backups coming off the bench and helps be a shot and offense creator and points provider on a second unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think on the nights you brought up the nights whenever Porzingis sits out, um, you know, that might be nights when Kleba starts or I, I think you're going to see plenty of those opportunities when maybe if Finney Smith isn't a starter, maybe he's a starter at the four. Maybe you small slide point. Powell up to five and Finney Smith starts at four because – uh, he's a great offensive rebounder for a wing player, and I think that he could be, and, and he can guard multiple positions. So maybe that's that's how he works his way into the lineup.
0: Yeah. And just thinking about Dwight Powell mixing in there with Luka and KP on the pick and roll pick mm-hmm. and pop. It's quite good. The, sec- the second best catch and shoot player the last time he played in regular minutes, in KP in the league. Right. Uh, and then the best uh, pick and roll man mm-hmm. uh, in the league, in Dwight Powell. Man, that's going to be a nightmare. They complement each other so well. Yeah. I think
1: that's why they just have to end up yeah. being your starting bigs. A lot right. of minutes
0: together at least. Yeah. Like, they don't, I don't, I'm not demanding, okay, you need these guys minute one of each game, but that first sub, if it's Luca, KP, Dwight, and bench guys, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's going to give so many teams so many headaches. And then the other cool thing about bringing Dwight and Maxi back um, long term is I think those guys are going to be the two dudes that set the tone for this team. Uh, In terms of going to practices, showing up on time, working your butt off, um, just being consistent. Because those dudes have evolved their game so much to this point, um, where Maxi blossomed into a player that got $8 million a year last year Mm -hmm. uh, and was probably coveted across the league. And then Dwight, the same thing. So I really like those two guys being here long term because I think those Mm -hmm. are going to be quietly. They might not be the superstar level guys like Luka and KP, but those are going to be the face of your franchise. Those two dudes... Behind the scenes, you're going to go, who leads practices? Who's keeping people accountable? Who's making everybody work harder? It's going to be Maxie and Dwight, because that's the kind of dudes they are. So I was really excited when they got back uh, in the fold. Um, Okay, so expectations for this season. I think one thing we're kind of... Sleeping on as a fan base and across the league, just uh, NBA intelligentsia is how stinking good Chris Kristaps Porzingis is, Mm -hmm. and how good he was the last time he played. Man, I mean, twenty-two points was it? Like seven rebounds, shooting forty percent from three. Had the New York Mm -hmm. Knicks. He was an All Star. Had the New York Knicks as a five hundred team, two months into that season, with that roster that they were rolling out there. Like this dude is special, and there's a reason they call him the unicorn. There's a reason we gave up a boatload to obtain his rights and re-sign him for the most money possible. So, I guess your expectations early on, um, just him adjusting back into his and how he works with these guys as a whole.
2: Yeah, I mean, that my expectations for the team are obviously tied pretty directly to how Porzingis looks, how he plays. Uh, you hear good things, he looks enormous. He does. Uh, on Instagram, if, you, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're big on social Not media. Not skipping arms day. Yeah, if you ever heard of social media, he's big on there. Nobody skips arms day. Uh, yeah. I think Maybe that uh, the Porzingis <laughs> No matter how, like, physically different he is, I think you're going to see a totally different player here just because if you go back and, like, you and I have spent the last week basically just watching his highlight tapes over and over and over again, Um, you watched every single shot he took. Uh, For example, I think in his last season that he played, he took so many mid-range shots and he was in the post so often and he was just kind of, like, in this weird – because he was in the triangle for a couple years in New York and so – he was taking very kind of unconventional curling off for an 18-footer. A lot of weird shots uh, were happening. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it was real just kind of old-school basketball. It was like watching a team play in the 90s, which there's mm-hmm. not. I love the triangle. I think it's really cool. Everyone's passing to each other. Everyone's involved. But um, for a guy who is a career, what, 35 36% three-point shooter, and for the last season that he played, he was shooting around 40% from three. For him to have never taken more than five threes a game i think is kind of criminal i think that's going to change this year he could take as many as eight or nine threes a game this season i think maybe even more um, because he's going to have the best teammate he's ever played with and luca setting things up for him Uh, this is a guy who for a majority of his career in new york was relying on guys like jared jack uh, to run the offense and no disrespect to jared jack he's a great player but uh, luca is just in another league he's just a totally another class of player and so um, the system is different. The teammates are different. I think the shots are inevitably going to be different. And if he shoots from three, at anywhere near the level of efficiency that he was at his last season in New York, then he could get to twenty points a game just by shooting threes. I mean, he's You're that. He's, he's taking seven
1: hundred threes. I
2: can, sure. I would not be surprised if he took if he took eight threes a game this year. I've, I'm going to take the under. I mean, Luca okay. took seven yeah. and. Dwight even was taking 2 or 3 and Max is taking 2 or 3, Dirk's taking 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. I mean, Porzingis is getting like a lot of their minutes. Yeah. Solid was so, taking like two a game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> At the end of the year, he like was. most of you go back what and watch probably. and I'm I'm not <laughs> trying to slander the Knicks as a team or any of their coaches or anything, but you go back and watch well, it's Porzingis obvious it didn't work. Well, yeah. But I mean, you watch his highlight reels <laughs> and, you teams to and slander most of his like most of his shots that I could see him getting in Dallas were in New York he checks. Yeah. It's like catching and shooting from 29 feet because the guy wasn't close to him or, like, mm. running down the floor and just sort of, like, trailing into a three. I mean, these are shots that he's going to be getting so many. Mi- like, he's going to be getting them all the time here. It was a um, weird offense and a weird yeah, structure. Yeah, he'll post up, like, two or three times a game, I think, yeah. as opposed to, like, 10 or 12 times a game. And right. that, that just totally changes. If he, t- if he gets 17 shots a game here versus 17 shots a game in New York, the shot diet is going to be so different that the mm. points are going to be, like, just so much easier to come
0: by, yeah. I think. Mark, what do you think, uh, what are your expectations for Chris Stapp's rounding into form and how he works with Luca, and how this core kind of insulates around them? I mean, everyone assumes that it's, okay, we go as far as those guys will take us this season and into the future, but uh, maybe not.
1: Well, look, you need the depth that you have on the roster because, as we have said, you know, uh, Mark Cuban has mentioned, uh, you know, the plan for load management, I don't know how many of those games that's going to be, but you're going to have to lean on the depth of your roster to win some of those games and Porzingis doesn't play. Uh, you know, excited to see what kind of jump Luca takes from year one to year two. I think my, my expectation is that in the West, uh, you know, Utah, the Clippers, Denver, the Lakers, um, Houston, uh, there's probably one other team. I want say Houston, Denver, Utah, Portland, and the two L.A. teams, those mm-hmm. six. I mean, you know, anything could happen, but those six look to me like that they are playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden State's going to play a big chunk of the season without Thompson. Um, you know, it's it's Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell, and then a, a lot of what's up after that yeah. for the for that team. What is uh, their starting lineup on opening night? Oh gosh, I mean, I have to look at the yeah, I have uh, to look at the roster uh, to figure uh, it out, man. I,
0: William I don't know. Stein, Draymond, D'Angelo, Steph, yeah. and Alfonso McKinney, Bobby Jacob. I mean, <laughs> I'm honored. <Yeah. laughs> I'm honored.
1: Well, um, I I think that that you have a a handful of teams of which I certainly am anticipating and hoping the Mavericks will be one of them uh, Mavs, Warriors Spurs Kings maybe Minnesota there's four or five teams that are maybe New Orleans four or five, six teams that are battling for those last two spots and so my expectation is is be one of those two teams to, to battle for those last two spots and if somebody farther up the food chain stumbles then it opens the door for you know for, for what when I say farther, the food chain for what I perceive to be the top six in the mm-hmm. West, if one of those teams has health problems or uh, chemistry doesn't come together for whatever reason, uh, you know, they, the, the unforeseen twists and turns that are going to happen to teams over the course of an 82-game NBA season, then maybe there's a bigger window open for those teams that I think are on the fringe of the Western Conference playoff race. But Dallas has got to be one of those teams. You know, that's mm-hmm. just... Uh, you know, you've, you've got your, your anchors, and now it's time to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Get in. It's time for Luca and Porzingis to start experiencing what the playoffs are like and lay the groundwork for them being bigger and better as they mm-hmm. mature in the future. And, and you got to get in. you got to get into the tournament to start knowing what it's like. And it's mm-hmm. time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as people that are fans of the team, not only employees, you
0: can sit here and you can, you can rant about not getting the top-level free agent, right? You can get you can get upset about that. You can get that feeling that you didn't get invited to the party. We got Kristaps Porzingis. That's our that's pretty our good free agent I'd ad. say he's pretty. That's good. pretty legit, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of rants, new segment. It's called the rant wheel. We have uh, three or four minutes left before uh, we're hitting our time limit. So I'm gonna go first. If that's all okay. Alright, am right. sure for you the show, for you? you're the host of the show. Do you sure you don't
2: want to save your one for the end? That's a that's a big one. Uh, if you want to go first, you can go first. Uh, uh, mine is really some, quick. You got some heat? Mine is really quick. I would have liked to hear Follow and Harp on the call in New York. Uh, I know that it's going to be like one of the top games of the season nationally. So it's on TNT. Uh, KP returns to the garden. Great place to watch a game. Great place to play a game. My favorite uh, place to call games. Yeah, so obviously it's a, it's, a, sorry, it's a very heard. dramatic... It's going to be a very dramatic night. Uh, a must watch. But I would mm-hmm. have liked to hear the local guys call it... Um, I think obviously the, we know what the storyline is going to be that game, but um, I don't know. It's just it's not going to be the same whenever you're hearing the TNT guys call. I mean, it's going to be hostile in there. I would have liked to hear the local guys call it. Uh, you can kind of I don't know. It makes you just feel like you're there whenever you're watching on national TV. I don't know. It just feels like such a distance. It would have been cool to hear you guys call it. And I well, know you're, you. you're maybe a little bummed that you couldn't go, but uh, hopefully it'll be a win. It's going to be awesome. I would love to go to the game. Hopefully I can, but. Uh, if not, I'm bummed that I won't be able to hear uh, the voice of a
1: generation calling. It. Well, after uh, I've already heard back from New York, and after what you just said, I can let you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they said it was hostile. They said, not gonna uh, my, okay. my quick rant is, uh, and this isn't, and and I'm kind of tired too, so I don't have you know I had an early flight to get yeah, here this thank morning. Thank you so for I don't, being <laughs> here. Skin <I> <laughs> on this. I don't have my uh, my, my my energy level up uh, to get into like real ramp mode. Mm-hmm. But I was a little disappointed. I don't want people to make too big of a thing out of a Luca trey Young rivalry. I thought that that got a little bit overblown last year because I've seen how they speak about themselves and other players in the league. And it's clear that they're both nice guys. Mm -hmm. They both want to compete, but they both have a healthy respect for one another's games and healthy respect for one another as players and people. So I I don't want to make too much out of a Luca trey thing, but it is the two guys who were clearly the two best players of the rookie class who are going to be what you hope is part of the next wave and the future of the league and and big names moving forward. And I was was bummed that there was nothing more high profile in terms of just a couple of random Saturday nights in the middle of the season Mm. when the Mavs and Hawks play. As a matter of fact, those dates are... Feb 1 at home. Yeah, and that's on the second night of a back-to-back, right? February yep. the first, Saturday night, February the first. twenty-two,
2: home. on the second night of a back-to-back.
1: Right out of the All-Star break, the second game yeah. after the break. So yeah, those are just kind yeah. of nondescript Saturday nights. That was so that was last kind of year, light. dude. Yeah, so yeah. last year. So the new, that's, the that's new news
0: is Zion Williamson. Yeah. And that's
1: the the thing they're trying to force this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is
0: the Pelicans versus Mavs rivalry, Zion versus Luca. Sure. The um, last year's Rookie of the Year against
1: the presumptive yeah. Rookie of the Year this yeah. year. Sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. My rants is uh, specifically about the Ringer. It's a website owned by Bill Simmons and, it's so a great and website. some other people. They do a lot of work. We got a lot of friends. That's uh, a lot of great work. I meant to say a lot of friends that work there. Sharks. Um, what's our other buddy that did uh, a Most of our buddies at Isaac, Halla- Isaac, Isaac Lee, Isaac and Jason Gallagher. Yeah. A lot of great people work there. One thing that they didn't do very great is the top forty songs of nineteen ninety nine ranking. They left off Smooth.
1: Carlos Santana Santana
0: featuring Rob Thomas. Everyone knows that song. Every (laughs) single person on earth knows that song. It's a great song. It's maybe a top 40 song of all time. And you said it wasn't a top 40 song of that particular year. Of a year! As somebody that was in 8th or ninth grade in 1999, I'm going to tell you, it was a top 40 (laughs) song of the year. And I should know because I was in eighth grade and I knew all the music at that moment. I had a mini disc player. <laughs> I put it on every mix I made. I was burning CDs in my dad's house, buying like $50 worth of CDRs and CDRWs. Smooth was on every playlist.
1: I'm gonna have to offer a little bit of pushback at to the top 40. No! you? you. Of, all oh, time. of all time, okay. Of all, all right. time, all right. okay. 1999. I got your back on that. At the last 20 years, to, it's a top 40 star. And now I will say, there I'm was a rule, there was
2: a, a ringer-imposed rule where you cannot <laughs> put multiple songs by the same artist on the list, but that was a lie, because there were two Destiny's Child songs, and there were two Jay-Z songs, and there might have even been two Insync
0: songs. So, no. It's a sham. Um, you should probably go on suspension for like a month or two, if you're the ringer. Just unless you charge Jason Rising, donate it all your two
1: Britney Spears songs on from 1999 on that list too, right? Probably. Yeah.
0: All your ad revenue should be donated to a charity of Carlos Santana's choosing for the next <laughs> two to three months. Just to make this right, you should apologize to me and anybody else that would like to reach out there. I would um, apologize and, to me. Yeah, you can, you can sign yeah. up on a list maybe with your email, and maybe they can so write. We you. petition this, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think we could we could get the weight behind this. But that's my rant. And the other thing is the NBA All Decade Teams. You don't have Dirk on the on the, 2010, <laughs> the 2020. What are you doing? What are you doing here, guys? But uh, that's for another day. Um, 47,488 miles will be whenever this season is done. That's the road travel this year. Plus playoffs, so a lot more than that. Um, 82 games in front of us, very excited for October 23rd. Um, And then some of the highlights that we picked out throughout the schedule. But, man, I feel better this season than last year about the schedule, about the team in general. I feel like we're a really deep, really young, really good team. Can't wait to see Luke and KP play together for the first time. That place is going to be – the AAC on October twenty third is going to be a freaking juice box. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's be absolutely man. awesome to see
1: Kristaps Porzingis for the first time on the AAC floor in a Mavs uniform. And it will be uh, the first time since April of nineteen ninety eight that we'll take the floor. Not to bring the room down, but Dude, you know, come on. The first time <laughs> since April to of nineteen ninety eight that we we'll take the floor without dirt. And that's, uh. that is the transition, and it is. It's been yeah, like 35 minutes direction. since I thought about him. You know, yeah. well- yeah. I think about it every day. Ridiculous.
0: Really <laughs> all right, well, uh, if you want season tickets, they're out there right now. Keep your eyes open for individual game tickets, which will be coming out a little bit later. Um, if you haven't checked out the uh, the season promo that I made, hey, shameless plug, check that out. I'm really proud of it. Go to the thebrandnewmatch.com. I, I was
1: yeah. uh, blown away. I, in yeah. all sincerity, man, I thought that you yeah. did a fantastic job with That's that. That's what we're going to yeah.
0: put on the billboard. I was blown away, Mark Folliwell. Voice of generation. Voice of generation. Generation words have meaning. Your words mean something. I'm sorry. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me. I really love this day uh, in the NBA season when we're all just kind of sleeping and not paying attention, and then all of a sudden it all drops on us one day, and we get to pick wins and losses for 82 games all the way down and predict box scores. We'll do that in the next one. Yeah, I've Um, already written it down. 47 (laughs) to 35. Oh, all right. Hey. Alright, we'll, we'll get to uh, some season predictions later in the, the month and as we get closer, um, please subscribe to all our podcasts. We're doing some really great stuff for you. Um, Full Court Press is going to be up here running in a couple months with my man Jaylen. Uh, really proud about that product as well. So we're trying to give you the best coverage of the Dallas Mavericks on a daily basis. He's a big part of that. He's a big part of that. So thank you guys for watching. He's a big part of that. Nah, I'm not. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, you for cutting it. your hair. Thank you for being here in general. You got it, bud. Um, We're going to get out of here. Enjoy your scheduled release day, and uh, let's win them all. Why not?